killing our co-eds? Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany go on campus to talk about getting smashed. I'm Star Style. Be the star you are. Coming right up. Hi, this is Guy Finley, host of Letting Go with Guy Finley. Have you ever wondered what does it take to live without painful worries and those old resentments? Well, in this life, we are unable to forget whatever remains unforgiven. So if we won't let go of some pain whose time has now passed, then who is to blame for the weight of this burden that's still being carried on our back? We can do so much better once we understand how these old states of bitterness and fear and worry betray us, even as they convince us to carry them along with us. Join me this Thursday right here on worldtalkradio.com at 9 a.m. Pacific time as you and I explore the most important topics of our lives. We'll discuss stress, peace, happiness, relationships, what real success is, and even more. That's Letting Go with Guy Finley right here on worldtalkradio.com, where the world comes to talk. And welcome to Radio's Finest Hour of Power, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, a program of positive book talk with authors and experts to help you excel in life. This is our favorite section, our tea for two, a mother-daughter brew, and my name is Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Helen Brittany. And we are always thrilled to be your personal growth success coaches. We are the Stella Dona, the goddess gals, the mother-daughter dynamic doer. And we are right here on the airwaves every week with you, so get ready to pump that energy. Love, learn, laugh, listen, and live your dreams through books and other media. We are a show about following your heart and doing what you love. It's champagne for the spirit. Well, Heather and I really love being on the air with you and bringing you our Tea for Two Mother-Daughter Brew segment where we discuss the issues of the day and especially things that are regarding our young people. And today we're going to be talking about teens and college-age kids, specifically girls, and the devastating effects of alcohol abuse in college in our Tea for Two segment. So you'll want to tune in. And then in segment two, our friend and best-selling author Robin Spiesman, a regular on the Today Show and CNN and many other shows, joins us with tips on gift-giving. And then we go into the garden in segment three with uplifting stories from Chicken Soup for the Gardener Saul. And the miracle moment for today is brought to you by the Carmony Collection, offering <laughs> you the balance of karma combined with harmony with fabulously fun handbag clutches. For more information, go to www.carmonycollection.com and Carmony and Collection are both spelled with a K or call 619-286-1099 to be the first on your block to own one of these fresh fashion statements. Well, the miracle moment is from St. Bernard who was a French theologian and reformer who lived actually a long time ago in 1090. And his quote is, it is no great thing to be humble when you are brought low, but to be humble when you are praised is great and rare attainment. How true that is. We see this all the time with celebrities, that they're just as 
wonderful as Earth when they are nobodies, and as soon as they become a celebrity, who knows what happens. <laughs> exactly. Now, now we're going to start our Tea for Two, a mother-daughter brew segment, and this segment is called Smashed. And we're going into the college campuses to talk about alcohol abuse. And I want to just start it by talking about our girl X. She was a high school homecoming queen, a straight-A student, cheerleader, active in volunteer activities, a community activist. Off to college she goes. She shoots a few shots with friends until she passes out. They put her to bed thinking that they'll let her sleep it off. But unfortunately, she never wakes up. The next morning, this promising co-ed is dead, dead from alcohol poisoning. Getting smashed is far too common, and what is going on? Exactly. Well, I first I want to say, though, you know, we're focusing on the college-age girls, it starts far beyond that. And actually, the National Household Survey on Drug Abuse for male and female rates of alcohol use among 12 to 17 years old were very similar um, in the 1990s. But for the first time, girls are beginning to drink at younger ages since the 1960s, and 7% of new female users of alcohol were ages 10 to 14 by the early 1990s. And that was 14. That is really young. I was thinking more like years old. 10 to 14, and that's risen 31%. And the survey also indicates that nearly 7% of girls only 12 to 17 uh, reported binge drinking, and with binge drinking um, is considered having five or more drinks in a row um, in the past month. And they, they measure alcohol um, things as either a 12 one serving would be one 12 ounce beer, uh, five ounces uh, or four ounces of wine, and I believe it's like one ounce of an 80 proof uh, higher alcohol, uh, hard alcohol kind of thing. And, and uh, girls, it's reporting more and more that they're you know, drinking it in such higher rates. And something that, turned, why, you know, the big question is, you know, that they're seeing so much of it in college-age girls, especially um, being down here in San Diego. The big thing was that people that were under 21, they'd usually go down to Mexico on these party buses we'd have. And therefore, you know, everyone's usually 17, 18, 19, uh, doing these things, getting completely smashed, as we're saying, um, and horrible things are happening, but what's, we want to get to the psychological of it and before why it's affecting such young girls. And puberty tends to bring on higher incidences of depression among young teenage girls, which usually can trigger alcohol use. And one Is that because that, they're feeling less than, Heather? I mean, are they feeling... They're, they're trying to, um, is it under peer pressure? Are they trying to conform? Are they trying to be hip? Well, so many different things. Friends have a big influence on teenagers overall, but girls are particularly uh, susceptible to peer pressure when it comes to drinking. And adolescent girls are more likely than boys to drink with their friends, um, while boys are largely drinking uh, for other reasons, more to join a group or something. But girls, it's more out of uh, a peer pressure thing. They fall victim to so many, um, so many different things. As we all know, we've all gone through the teenage stage where, it's, you know, you go through so many awkward's where you kind of lack that self confidence and believing in yourself. And oftentimes, you sort out, you see someone that seems to be a leader, which many men, so they're going through their own circumstances of trying to find themselves and trying to seeing where they fit in, um, but if they're partaking in alcohol things, someone else may reflect on that and think, oh, you know, 
she's so pretty, she's popular, she's doing this, you know, I'll probably do this as well. And girls are often introduced to alcohol by their boyfriends, um, who in a lot of cases tend to be older. And the hard thing is, you know, for me growing up, I had a lot of male friends, and so that what that prescribes on is females process alcohol a lot differently than males. Smaller amounts of alcohol are more intoxicating to females, regardless of their size. Does not matter. And um, so even tall girls who are heavier set, tall girls, fat girls, I mean, I I know girls that are itty bitty little skinny things, and they can drink and and it just it seems like they're just never getting drunk, kind of thing. Like nothing's happening to. And then I know other people that are large, but after one beer, you know, they're rather tipsy, and you know, it's completely different. So it's it's different in every person, every situation. And the reason is females have less body water than men. And when people drink, alcohol spreads into the water in their body. And because females have smaller amounts of body water to dilute the alcohol, they have a higher concentration of alcohol in their blood than males. So um, is that the danger? Because, you know, that's, I think the scary thing is is that teenagers tend to, if one of their peers passes out, think, okay, we'll just let them sleep it off. But... The reality is that is the worst thing you can do. Exactly. So many times, um, so many people they think that's kind of that is one of the scariest things. Oftentimes, people they uh, will choke in their own vomit in their sleep, or your heart um, you they experience respiration problems. And oftentimes, you know, people they don't realize it until the next day that you know. So many times, um, people have passed out in their dorms and they find them dead, or they find with brain damage. So, if you have a friend that's drinking a lot of alcohol. The worst thing is to do is to put them to sleep. And one, you know, a common misconception is people say, "Oh, you know, give them coffee or a cold shower." That isn't going to de-drunk someone. Um, another reason why girls, their body wise is an enzyme that's important in metabolizing or processing alcohol uh, works differently in females than in males. And in males, the enzyme called the alcohol—I'm going to say this probably so wrong. A, a dehydrogenase, um, it breaks down much of the alcohol in the stomach so that less of it enters and goes through the circulatory system. But in females, the enzyme is less active. So another thing also is the changing hormone levels during a menstruation cycle may affect the rate of an alcohol metabolism in females as well. And there's Well, I know just even with me as an adult is, I mean, I, you know, I, I cannot drink very much. A glass of wine and I'm great. Otherwise, I'll feel sick or whatever. So it really has something to do with being female. Mm, exactly. And and some some kind of scary statistics um, that we found here were that early onset drinking is a major risk factor for developing alcohol abuse or dependence. And teenage girls who are heavy drinkers are five times more likely to engage in sexual intercourse and a third less likely to use condoms, which is a result of pregnancy and sexually transmitted. Okay, I want you to repeat that because that's really important. So if you're, if the younger you're drinking, the more prevalent? The um, more prevalent that they found cases, they're five times more likely to be engaging in sexual intercourse um, that, and a third less likely to use protection in the sense, and and is that sexual up. intercourse that they're not they're not interested in? Um, well, alcohol is involved in up to two thirds of all sexual assaults, and that includes date rape um, among adolescents and college age students. So, two thirds of it is possibly some of it may be consensual, 
but in the sense that prior to going to that party, they hadn't planned on it. They may not know this person. They may consent to it. Um, you know, because one thing, as people know, that uh, when you're drinking, you seem, you know, that you find people more attractive or, you know, you're more, it's it's a social lubrication, I always say, that, you know, people become more outgoing, you may seem something, but, you know, then the next morning when the alcohol wears off, there is that regretful sense. And girls um, who are sexually abused are twice as likely to develop um, drinking problems. And uh, regular heavy drinking has been associated with menstrual problems that can have a negative effect on fertility, such as pain, heavy flow, and irregular or even absent periods. And something kind of sad, too, is that daughters of alcoholics are increased risk of alcoholism. Well, I think that's in general is that uh, children of alcoholics you know, are, parents, are, are more prone to become alcoholics. Well, parents are our best role models. So much of, you know, we tend to pick up... Um, you know, the annoying little habits that they have, we tend to pick those up. The certain eating habits, you know, they, they're the first ones that introduce you to things. And that's why they also say that, you know, uh, women, uh, that their, if their mothers or fathers are abused, they tend to get themselves get into high-risk uh, relationships as well. And an odd thing is that fewer women than men drink. However, among the heaviest drinkers, women equal or surpass men in the number of problems that result in their drinking. And, for example, female alcoholics have a death rate of 50 to 100% higher than those of the male alcohol. Okay, um, now what is that? They, they have a death rate 50 to 100% 50 to 100%, so almost, you know, basically double the percent. And, this, and these deaths include suicide, uh, alcohol-related driving incidents, heart disease, stroke, and even cirrhosis of the liver, and which, you know, is absolutely so troubling. But one thing, what really kind of got us focused on this was a few weeks ago there was a Dateline special, and this girl by the name of Kareem Zalix wrote a book called Smash, Growing Up a Drunk Girl. And watching this, it just kind of hit a keynote on me because everything, you know, she was saying, I felt like, oh, my gosh, I could have written that book. I have friends that could have written this book. Not to say I have dream moms, but I just, you know, I went to the stage as a young adult, you know, I'm so, now, you know, I'm, I'm the person who is constantly asked, why aren't you drinking, why? But I, I remember being at those parties in high school, and it's just, you know, by the time I was a junior, I was so over the scene. I realized, you know, this is so superficial, what are we doing, kind of thing. But it's just so odd, you know, when I'm watching this video, and they're showing clips of these young kids, how it's really, you know, kids are in this constant rate of being something that we're all in this urge to grow up. And then once we are well, what you're up, saying is that we don't want to be identify. We don't want the we don't want responsibilities because so much, you know, we we fantasize. We see, you know, that oh, when you're growing up, you know, you get money and cars and dreams. But then once you are grown up, you realize that you have bills, you have responsibilities, you know, all these other things. But what was so sad, you know, it's it's a false sense of reality. All these things happening, you know, you're making friends, but are they really your friends? Is it, you know, just something that while in the moment, while you're intoxicating, you're having so much fun? And what are the ramifications of it? What are your actions that you're going to happen that night? Uh, I know so many people, you know, the parties that happen and bad things that happen, accidents, um, you know, date rape, horrible things happen, and not until, you know, you've reached the mental capacity uh, to understand and comprehend and make wiser choices, 
so many unfortunate things happening, girls especially are are prey to these kinds of things. So what can we as parents or responsible adults or people who care about our kids and especially care about our girls since girls have a 50 to 100% higher death rate from well, alcohol well, abuse you know, or we've, getting we've, What can we do? As we've, as we've talked on so many things before, um, really the biggest thing is keep the communication lines open. It's inevitable and naive to say kids won't drink because they will. It's it's almost like a rite of passage kind of these things happen. But if you instruct your kids, make them to make wiser choices. Perhaps you know it will prolong it. Perhaps they won't be un- they'll be uninterested in this kind of thing. But to keep the communication um, lines open. Don't make it seem like a deceitful, dirty kind of thing. So many kids, they get involved because, you know, they're hiding this from their parents and they grow as a problem. Or if they're stressed out about something, they turn to it as a sense of relief. As this, um, in the Dateline interview, why college kids are such a big drinking thing is, you know, they're working so hard through the week with school, they have tests, finals, deadlines, and so it becomes a relief. You know, they're so good all, all week, and then when they hit the weekend, you know, they just go crazy. So and unfortunately, you know, it doesn't matter. I think what we're trying to say here is, is that alcohol and drug abuse can touch across all economic barriers, all social status, and really good kids get involved. And unfortunately, so often it's really good kids that get hurt. So, Heather, wonderful, as usual, great research, wonderful segment in our Tea for Two, a mother-daughter brew. Why don't we give out your website I would so that love people can get in to. touch? And I would love to. We would love for you to check out Stelladone.com. That's S-T-E-L-L-A-D-O-N-N-E.com. And also the Carmony Collection. There's a link on that website as well. Um, where you can find all the information. We'd also love you to check out, if I say this incorrectly, please fix me, uh, clubmom.com, where the lovely Cynthia Bryan has all kinds of articles written up um, that we'd love for you to go read, vote on, and just further the information out there. And, Heather, don't go away because yours and my good friend that we met at Canyon Ranch, Robin Spiesman, is coming on. And I know that we both want to talk to her. So we'll be right back with you with the gift-giving expert as soon as you uh, come back here. You're talking to Cynthia Bryan. Heather Brittany. And Heather Brittany, of course, on Star Style. Be the star you are. Back in a minute. Stay with us. Where you are, let the music start. 